Welcome to the Circularity Edge podcast, where we discuss the latest news and perspectives on the circular economy and issues relating to social, environmental, and economic sustainability. Join us every week when we discuss what's needed to create a sustainable, circular economy worldwide. Now, here is your host, Ken Alston. Hello, this is Ken Alston with the Circularity Edge podcast on March the 23rd, 2020. Today, I want to start by talking about wisdom and the deathly history of germs, then move into how we gain and apply wisdom to make things better. I'm an avid reader. I sincerely urge you all to read more often and on more topics. When I moved from the United Kingdom to the United States 28 years ago, I brought all my possessions with me and I rediscovered a book I bought as a young man in my first year at university. It had nothing to do with my degree or coursework. It was just a book that for some reason spoke to me as I browsed the shelves of the university bookstore. That book is Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. It tells the story of how birds were not reproducing properly because of the use of certain pesticides. And as a result, there was no bird song filling the air in spring. Arguably, this book was one of the main contributors to the awakening of what we now call the environmental movement. This one book planted a seed in my consciousness that has influenced my thoughts and actions in ways I didn't realize for many years. It was only when I moved, unpacked and rediscovered this book that the light went on in my head and I realized my passion for the environment, my lifelong actions, my working experience and my consulting know-how is all traceable back to questions raised in this one book. I've always had this fondness for books, real paper books you can highlight and annotate. And I learned a great reading habit from a great teacher, Perry Marshall, who recommends each of us reads 20 minutes today, and then every day, making this into a lifetime habit. It's not much to do, just 20 minutes a day, that's all. But when you read 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, You've had over 100 hours of quality reading per year. That's 20 books. The typical American reads five books a year. If you read 20 books a year, you're in the top 5% of all readers. If you read three books a month, you're in the top 2%. So please do start this reading habit today. Read 20 minutes a day every day for the rest of your life. Perry also recommends including in your reading list some books that predate the invention of the Gutenberg Press. Why? Because they have to be meticulously copied by hand. No copy and paste, no automated mass production processes, just hours and hours, hundreds of hours of scrutinous, painstaking work. And works like that only survived because they inspired a dedication and care that's necessary for successful preservation. Because they contain timeless truths. They teach principles, not techniques. Wisdom focuses on principles. And wisdom based on principles is at the heart of all that I teach and I mentor on. For example, design principles for how to create a resilient and sustainable circular economy. And now more than ever, we need to bring this about globally. We need to search out and apply the few principles that never change, the utterly reliable underlying truths. Well, how does this all relate to the deathly history of germs, you might ask? Well, first, if you've gained some time due to the disruptions from the coronavirus pandemic, 
Please take advantage of this valuable time and read more than you were doing before. And second, there's so much experience and knowledge already in the world that we need to tap into it, harness it, learn from our history, and apply it to today's reality. One of the things I like to do is ask my friends what books they're reading and what books they recommend I should read, based on ones that they've enjoyed or knowing me feel how I might enjoy or learn from them. Now, last year at the third annual Circular Economy Forum of the Americas in Medellin, Colombia, I had the opportunity to meet my friend Nicola Cerentola from Madrid, Spain, again. Now, Nicola is a great speaker with a passion for the circular economy, design, and entrepreneurship. Definitely a like-minded individual, and I, named, and I am indebted to him for his recommendation of a book that I missed when it was first published in 1997. That book is Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond. I managed to buy a copy from a used bookstore and I began reading it over the Christmas holidays last year in 2019. And it's only now I realize how prescient and insightful this book is relative to our current coronavirus pandemic. Diamond's book chronicles a short history of everybody all over the world for the past 13,000 years. He traces how food production was focused in a few places and spread. It covers the rise of densely populated cities and how city growth was enabled by the change from us being hunter-gatherers to farmers with agriculture, with its ability to support 10 to 100 times more people. Now, chapter 11 of the book is titled The Lethal Gift of Livestock, but it notes the major killers of humans in recent history, smallpox, flu, TB, malaria, plague, measles, cholera, etc., all infectious diseases that evolved from diseases in animals, especially from animals that we domesticated. Now, I don't intend to review this history in depth here, but suffice it to say that when the role of Germans in history included the devastating effects on native people when Europeans conquered the New World. That's just one example of many. European microbes were more devastating to local native people than all the deaths from guns and war. For a full description of the many examples where wars were won more as a result of germs than battlefield strategy, and how the opening of trade routes across Europe, Asia, and North, America, North Africa played a major role as well, please feel free to read Jared Diamond's book. In my last podcast, I talked about natural evolution over time, and as Jared's book notes, it's the evolution of microbes originally found in animals that has allowed them to evolve diverse ways of spreading from animals to people and from one person to another. In the case of influenza and COVID-19, we, the victims, are induced a cough, which launches the cloud of microbes to the potential new host. This is why we're all so social distancing. And it's of no consolation for us, of course, that it's just an unintended consequence for the virus that in some cases, the human host dies. As long as the human host infects more than one new victim, the bacterium will achieve its objectives and will spread. And of course, the result is that the local population is rapidly infected and soon thereafter is either dead or recovered and more immune. We need to get the message here, the message that really we've known for decades, that pandemics happen over and over again, and we need to be better prepared for the next one. Now note again the local global nature of this. It's a topic I'll be coming back to over and over again relating to the sustainable circular economy.
one of the vectors of the spread of disease, of course, is global movement of people. This is why travel has been locked down. Now, I love to travel, and I travel all over the world speaking and consulting, and I really look forward to the day when I can do so again. The effects of the coronavirus and its mitigation have their effect locally where you are right now. It's your local doctors, nurses, and hospital that are on the front line. And sadly, we're short on facts and hard data relative to this virus, COVID-19. And sadly, we're not ready globally for this, or locally, and we should be. Now, in my next broadcast, I'll be talking more about the upside going forward. In the recovery phase from the pandemic, we will likely rush back to restart the global, national, and regional economies. It's a health and economic emergency, so there will be enormous pressure just to hit the start button on what we did before COVID-19 showed up. But we can do better, maybe not immediately, instantly, but soon thereafter, if we make this a priority. This is a flashing red light that we must see and act on. I'm already throwing my energies into new thinking, new approaches, new tools, even new businesses, that focus locally, that help create more resilience. And resilience is a term often applied in connection with the effects of hurricanes and other natural disasters on economies, asking how we can set up for a situation in the future that's better able to withstand sudden shocks. It's clear now that we need more resilience. So please let me know if you want some suggestions for pre-Gutenberg books to read. Let me know if you're ready to start engaging with this new future of business, of government, of education, of how we the people need to act for our own enlightened self-interest and for the common good. Until next time, this is Ken Alston with the Circularity Edge podcast. Stay healthy and I look forward to talking to you again soon. You've been listening to the Circularity Edge podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at www.kenalston.com. Until next time, bye circular.